live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Adam Schefter tweets, sources, the Arizona Cardinals fired head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who 10 months ago signed a contract extension through the 2027 season. The Cardinals still have never had a head coach. Any head coach lasts longer than six years while the team has existed for more than 100 years. That's quite a stat. Cliff Kingsbury. You're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably Cliff Kingsbury. Right now, then you're probably not Doug Collins. So what happens to that amazing right crib he has? Anyway, this this is not surprising, and I'm not even sure that he's that disappointed. Haven't heard yet, but that situation was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it is Black Monday, so we knew somebody was going down. And already it started last night. All right, so that right off the very top, that broke just as I walked into the studio. Let me reset you. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Nice to have you here. Telephone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686, as always. So our number one is wide open, especially coming off that weekend. You've got a ton of things relating to the NFL. The national championship game here in L.A. tonight, almost an afterthought, given how enormous the NFL weekend was, but... It is the natty, so we can get into that too. Our number one is wide open. Hit me up on the phone. Hit me up on social at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. The interviews look like this. Top of our number two, Will Brinson, to recap the NFL weekend. Also in our number two, former Buffalo Bills great NFL Hall of Famer, Andre Reid. Man, what an incredible emotional, surreal, miraculous weekend that was for the Buffalo Bills. And again, it's much deeper than just the Buffalo Bills. So Andre Reid coming up in hour number two, third hour is wide open, lots to get done. Hit me up. Don't wait for me. Like There is so much going on in the NFL that if you were to lay out, be passive, and react to me, it works, but you shouldn't need to. Jump up, get in front of it, Hit us up right now. All right, so in terms of the NFL regular season, it is in the books, and I've got to say, it felt pretty damn good, right, to get back to football this weekend. I mean, we are coming off one of the longest, most stressful, emotional, scary weeks ever. So the vibes felt great when we got the amazing DeMar Hamlin update heading into the weekend. And then the Bills took those very vibes and ran them 96 yards into the end zone in what was one of the single greatest opening plays in the history of the Shield. We're underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati. And now... I mean, Romo's right. It's like, did that really just happen? Did that really just happen? Josh Allen would later call it bone chilling. I mean, whatever phrase you want to use, it works. Chills. Goosebumps, shivers, spine tingling, gym jams, whatever you want to call it, we all had them. 
And that was not just a kick return TD on the very first play since the play when DeMar went down. That was the Bills' kick return TD for the first time in three years and three months for number three. And then number three had pretty much the perfect reaction on Twitter because he was watching from his hospital bed. DeMar Hamlin tweeted, quote, O-M-F-G with like 10 exclamation points. I mean, right? O-M-F-G. It was unfathomable, like unimaginable. One of the most amazing things ever. One of the most amazing things ever until Naheem Hines did it again. Short-handed. Here comes Hines again. What, my man, you couldn't do three for DeMar? Can you imagine? I mean, the world would have spun right off its axis. It would have been so amazing. It already was so amazing. But I did talk a lot last week about how DeMar Hamlin has brought so many of us together in that he, he, it's a situation where we can never all agree on one thing, but he has us agreeing all on one thing. And that one thing was that what happened yesterday was freaking awesome. Especially Heinz returning those two kicks. Everybody can agree on that, even you, Pats fan. And I've got a lot more for you, Pats fan, later on. I mean, we are half fam. But believe me, I know yesterday was an enormous letdown for my fellow half famers. No playoffs for the Pats. Hoodman's second losing season since Bacon45 dumped him. And maybe the worst part for Pats fan and the best part for everybody else was that one of the greatest plays ever ultimately knocked the Pats out of the playoffs. But again, I am not here to pile on my half-fam. In fact, I've got some good news for you, half-fam. At least I think it's good news. But the Hood man's already made up his mind he will return next season. He confirmed this morning that he's going to return for his age 71 season. So, Hoodman 71. Hoodman 71 is going to return for a 24th season in New England. So theoretically, it's good news, right? But the real question is, yeah, he's coming back. But what about that offensive coaching brain trust of Matt the Ticonderoga, Patricia, and Joe the leader of men judge? Are they coming back too? Or is the Hood going to finally get around to naming an actual offensive coordinator this year? This year? Or maybe hire somebody, if not an actual offensive coordinator, but somebody who has some actual offensive experience. That would be cool. Then again, maybe it wouldn't. I mean, I am the national spokesperson and the number one fan of team content. I am president of that fan club. That is my favorite team, team content. So on the other hand, the more I think about this, the more I think, the more I will ask, the more I will plead the more I will beg as nicely as I can. Hood, please, run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Please. That'd be the best. So, Bill's Pats, clearly the most emotional game of Week 18. And again, there's no way for me to cover everything that happened over the weekend, but the next big thing, 
Lions, Packers. Also, just crazy electric last night and not that far behind the other game. Mostly because of the unreal brass set Dan Cannibal and his man-eating, kneecap-gnawing lions are carrying around. How's my dude's beak this morning? I'm worried about that. We're going to bite the kneecap off. My man, I know you're a tough guy. I knew you were the toughest dude ever. Man, throw a face mask on that thing. I mean, what if... You know what happens when guys get frostbite? People get frostbite and they lose their digits or they lose their toes? What if they have to surgically remove that dude's beak? What would that face look like without a nose? I mean, my man was cold. And I know I've been in that bone-chilling weather. My man, I know you're a tough dude. But him going without a face mask is the equivalent of other dudes going sleeveless in that weather. That had to take a ta- a big toll on that beak. Anyway, I am not a nose, throat, ear, ear, nose, throat specialist. I don't really know. It just didn't look good. But he got through it. They all got through it. Not only did they get through it, they were killers. You want to talk about Cocojones. Cocojones. Why don't we talk about the freaking Lions? Already eliminated, thanks to the Rams' OT loss in Seattle, and they knew it going in. But if you thought that the Lions were just going to mail it in and go 1-2-3 Cancun, then you obviously don't know jack about this team because they did the exact opposite of 1-2-3 Cancun. They wrecked the Packers' season, and they did it in the most Lions way imaginable. We were warned on Friday, by the way, when I spoke to Lions breakout rookie James Houston on this show about his head coach. And James pretty much summed it up perfectly when I asked him about Dan Campbell. He's the ultimate motivator. Um, He's going to get you ready for game. He's going to get you ready for that practice. And um, it's, it's just full go, man. It's full go. He's he's got a. A nice little funny, funny side to him too, and uh, he gonna have he gonna bring some amusement. But uh, it's all grind and grit, and uh, let's go get them. And we're not taking no prisoners. And um, you know, if they hit you in the face, man, we taking that, and we getting back up, and we gonna we gonna hit you right back. And so um, I feel like the whole team is kind of taking over his whole personality, and um, it's a great personality to have. Did that dude nail it? He said that before the game. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what's your beef? The Lions do have Dan Cannibal's personality. And Cannibal never, ever, ever was going to go quietly into the night even after they had already been knocked out. Hell, because they were knocked out. Case in point, that final game-clinching drive. That drive had pretty literally a little bit of everything. A miraculous butt catch. A brilliantly declined defensive offsides penalty even though it would have given Detroit a first down, a successful hook and ladder on a second and 17. The hell was that call all about? 
and then the kill shot on fourth and one. The season comes down to a snap. And Goff is looking to throw it. He throws it. It's caught for the first down by DJ Shark. And you can hear them from all the way in Seattle. The Lions have come into Lambeau. And they've knocked the Packers down and out. NBC. Hey, listen, I'm not going to apologize for this. I've got a lot of love and a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers. Period. I just do. And I'm not saying that he's not without some responsibility. But man, don't blame that entire game on him. Don't blame that whole season on him. Anyway, my point of that is I have a lot of love and a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers. You know I've got Wisconsin ties now, obviously. We own real estate in Wisconsin. We have a son that goes to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. You, say, you know how I feel about the Packers. The, the Packers are a great jungle team. But, man, I have been riding with the Lions, even though I did pick the Packers. But how do you not love these guys? How do you not love the way the Lions showed up for four full quarters, even though they knew their season was already over? Even though they knew how horrible their record was in Lambeau for the last several years? How can you not love Dan Campbell pulling out every single stunt and sticking that knife in the Packers and twisting it. Incredible. How can you not be happy for Jared Goff? Seriously, the only thing better than the Lions' all-around performance was the legend, the icon that is Jamal Williams. And by the way, he is both those things. This dude is incredible. He is incredible, and not just based on that post-game interview, based on so many different things, but this dude is incredible. And that post-game interview was one of my favorites of all time. You want to talk about an incredible emotional roller coaster and a guy stopping on a dime. You want to talk about a guy pivoting mid-interview, an all-time 180. First, he's completely emotional and choked up when asked about breaking Barry Sanders' record for rushing TDs in a season, and then watch what he does. Uh, my great-grandfather died on me. I'll just dedicate this to him. I'll just proud. I'll just grateful to do this for him. My grandfather, he was 92, but I'm just grateful for him to be in my life, and I'm grateful to be able to play football and do this for him. So... There's a lot of memories, a lot of emotion happening right now, but I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great-grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down on me. I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made, we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked, their, picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. There's all dog around this mug. Dude! I mean, so amazing. Also, not the same goosebumps as with the Bills. I'm not going to ever compare anything to that because that was one of the most amazing things ever. But let me just take a beat and put that over there because that was one of the most surreal, miraculous things ever, twice. But Jamal, dude, that is incredible. Incredible. One of my favorite post-game interviews in the history of the world. 
And if that were just some kind of one-off, that'd be one thing. But that's not a one-off. That's not an aberration. That's a lifestyle, dude. That's who that guy is. He does stuff like that all the time. He's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yo, SoCal. How can anybody not love watching that dude and that team? In fact, I wish I could keep watching that dude and that team. I would rather watch the Lions than half the teams in the postseason because they're probably better than half the teams in the postseason. I had a tweet to that effect last night. And you know how I know people agree with me? The tweet has 10,000 likes because we're right, all of us. So the future is really bright in Detroit, but so is the present. I'm telling you, the entire NFC playoff field is relieved that the Lions didn't get in because nobody in the NFC wants to face those dudes next weekend. Just an unbelievable job by Dan Campbell. They were one in six. I cannot say enough about this dude and this team. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover? Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app, see terms, and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Joined right now by Andre Reed. Andre, it is so good to have you on the program. Great to talk to you as always. How you doing, Andre? I'm doing great, man. Thanks, Jim, for having me, man. This is a uh, this is a historic day. Um, of course, I'm wearing my three, and we all saw what happened yesterday. Um, how the game started with a 96 yard touchdown, man. Um, it's just a feel good story, and. Um, people talk about Buffalo and I always say this, they talk bad about Buffalo and there's a lot of snow. There's a lot of this, but this team's been through a lot, uh, this year, especially in the past nine months. And I can keep saying this and saying that and saying this, people know what happened. Um, but this team has responded and really it's, it's the players, but you got to look all the way from the top to the bottom. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, that football, that whole staff, um, and the medical personnel that saved this young man's life, um, it's a, uh, a story of the ages. My man, this is why I'm so happy to have you on today, Andre. It is a story of the ages. You know, when you make the point that people talk badly about Buffalo, not me, not here, because I know better. I love yeah. Buffalo. I have always loved Buffalo. I've always said, if you're going to talk badly about Buffalo, let me ask you this. Have you ever been there? Have you spent time with these people? Do you understand what that town's all about? Obviously not, or you wouldn't be talking badly about Buffalo. But if we were to take a step, a step back, has there ever been another week like, how emotional and surreal and, frankly, miraculous has the entire week been for you personally? Um, just, you can't even put into words. Um, as a former player, just watching all this and thinking about, you know, the guys I played with, Thurman and Jim and Bruce and uh, Steve Tasker, all those guys are really, you know, pretty in tune to what's going on up there in Buffalo. We all are. Um I was a small town kid growing up. Buffalo to my to me felt like home. And as you said, the fans up there are are like no other fans in all the sports. Um, just what they do, how they support their team. Uh, they're the best road team 
uh, as far as fans, when they go, they take over stadiums, they take over cities. Uh, they, they love their team. And it shows every single Sunday during the football season that these fans are 1,000% with their football team. And it showed this week uh, of what, uh, you know, what went on there in Buffalo with, with DeMar Hamlin. And we're all ecstatic about, you know, the progress he's made. Just seeing him on uh, social media yesterday, putting up the love sign and his parents with him and all the donations he's got for his Chasing M's Foundation. That's that's what sports about. What sports is about, man. And just to see that is is the feel good story of the last ten years. I mean, there's a lot of feel good stories, but this one happened in a little town in Buffalo. Um, it, it makes you feel good when you wake up. Hall of Famer Andre Reed, my guest. I was going to go there next, Andre, because we knew that the mafia would show up the way it always does, right? Especially in moments of crisis. But what do you make of the way that? Not yeah. only the entire league, but really the entire world has shown up for DeMar. And how powerful is the message within that? So powerful. I mean, the power of prayer, and I said this on different podcasts and all this week, is is infinite. It is powerful. And when you get a bunch of people praying, uh, you, you can't help but things go well. Um, God is good. God is great. And... This young man, um, you find out, now you really find out about him, the person, not just the football player. Um, this is a story when he is all, when it's all said and done and he's back to normal, that he could tell his kids and he could tell um, anybody that wants to know that about him as a person, um, the givebacks that he does. And he did this when he was at Pitt and all his Pitt teammates and all the players that played at Pitt uh, in the league, um, this this touches them. And again, Jim, that's the power of sport, man. It does it. It does it. You know, Andre, I was going to say, with each passing day, you realize more and more how unbelievable the young man is as an individual, as a teammate, mm -hmm. and as a man. Tredavious White had this incredible story. He said that DeMar had sent him a text at 2.31 a.m., and the text read, quote, I'm thinking about y'all. I'm sorry I did that to y'all. End of quote. It's incredible. Like, he, even as he remains, Andre, in critical condition, he's worried about his teammates and not himself. What do you yeah. think when you hear that story? He, he's, he's, he's not thinking of him. And this is a guy that laid on the ground. Basically, he was, he was dead for like eight minutes. And for him to call up Tredavious at 2.30 in the morning and say, you know what? I'm sorry I'm not there. I'm thinking of you guys, and I didn't mean to do that to you. Uh, gives you chills. It speaks volumes about his character, about who he is as a person. And that's the kind of guy you want on your team. And um, these guys responded yesterday. Uh, they responded with so much emotion. I mean, it was, I could feel it watching it on TV. I couldn't be there, but I could feel it through the TV of what was going on and feel the, the vibrations of what was going on there in Buffalo. Uh, I'm sure there wasn't a seat empty there. Um, and that first kickoff, and, and I even thought about it, Jim. I even said, I said, wouldn't this be great if he returns this for a kickoff? There you go. They returned it for a kickoff. And I'm sure if you put a jet engine next to that stadium, it would blat out the, the jet engine. That's how loud it was. 
Andre rejoining us. I think the best thing about that, I mean, I don't even know how you characterize that. Andre, you you played the game at the highest level. You're one of the best to ever do it. You're a Hall of Famer. I've been talking about and covering the game for a long, long time. I, I don't even know how you characterize how, how insane that moment was. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. I think Josh Allen did a great job when he said, quote, it was spiritual. It was bone chilling. Like, can yes. you even put through a word? Like, you, the word you used, I think, is great. Vibration. Like, you, you can even feel it where you were, the vibration coming through. Can you characterize what it was like to see him, Hines, when he got outside and he outran everybody to the end zone? What was running through you in that moment? Um, I just, uh, it was meant to be. I mean, that's all you can say. Uh, and then seeing his press conference afterwards, uh, the number three has been synonymous with a lot of things. Um, the Bills haven't scored a touchdown, uh, a kickoff return in three years, in three months. Um, and Josh kind of broke down. He said, that's that's pretty cool. That is so cool that it happened in that manner. Um, yeah, it's undescribable, Jim. That's just the bottom line, man. It is undescribable. Um, these guys can ride this wave all the way to the Super Bowl this year. They got a tough one coming up every time, you know, the playoffs. It's Miami week. Uh, Miami's coming back in this Saturday or this Sunday. And it's going to be rocking again. And Miami better be ready for some craziness going on because uh, uh, this team is is on a um, – it's on a different plane right now. It's on a different plane trying to get to Arizona. So, Andre, finish that thought. I was asking you about that. Like, football seems kind of secondary, but at the same time, you know, it seems trite to say, but DeMar is obviously all about it, man. He he clearly wants his guys to go out and do what they do. He was concerned about them. So, if you take a step back, Buffalo finishes the year 13-3. and three. They get ready to host this game. What has stood out to you, I mean, especially now the way the year has gone, about how they've handled the expectations and the pressure and everything that comes along with being the preseason favorite to win it all and then this? Yeah. Um, well, you get a lot of people talking about you're this and you're that. And you should do this and you should do that. Um, again, I go all the way to the top, you know, from the owner all the way down to the guy that cleans up the locker room. Um, if that's in unison and that's working and everybody believes in what they're doing, uh, there, there's no way that a team uh, cannot just go forward and do what they're supposed to do. Uh, they've handled it just perfectly all year. And, and like I said before, this team this year has been through a lot. Um, you know, a mass shooting in May uh, that killed a bunch of people. And then they had two snowstorms they had to go through that also killed lives, took lives. And then this happened a week ago. So that's three. That's a number. That's another three. So this, I, I, I believe today, this morning, these guys are not just surprised. I think they knew what was going to happen. And now that they see this going the way it is, they just have to keep stay on that train, and again, it's all it starts all the way from the top to the bottom. Uh, and again, big. Uh, uh, I mean, Sean McDermott should be coach of the year. He should be, uh, no doubt, he should be a coach of the year this year. Andre, I talked to Eric Wood, another former Bill last week. He told me Sean McDermott's far and away the best leader he's ever been around. You know, I look at this generationally, right? Like Eric yeah. Wood is a few years removed, and then you and your whole group. And I want to say for the record, the fact that you were a part of teams that went to four straight Super Bowls, that'll never happen ever again. I don't care 
that there were consecutive losses. It takes a damn good team and franchise and culture to get to four Super Bowls in a row. I don't even care what the outcome is. I'm really curious, like, do you have a, a text thread? Like, you and the guys that you played with have got to be so proud of this particular group. Like, when you get with your guys that you played with, what do they think about this whole thing? Um, they they really say, yo, that's that's kind of like us. And, again, you go through adversity every day in your life, and as a as a – NFL player, um, as soon as you walk in the building, there's some there's some adversity that you gotta you gotta handle uh, in some kind of way, and then you gotta put that all together and go out there and play and do your job. Um, these guys are pretty good at it, and they um, they showed yesterday that you know through adversity, through times of of uh, craziness and trauma and all things going on in their city. Um, they realized they still got to play a football game and, and they went out and did what they had to do. Um, that was probably for, that definitely was for DeMar. And this whole season has been dedicated to him. There's obviously it has. And um, to ride that wave of emotion is hard to beat that. It's hard to beat that. My man, you're a Hall of Famer in every sense of the word. Class of 2014, seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, played in the four straight Super Bowls. Andre Reed, our guest. Andre, I appreciate you so much, and so great to get caught up, man. Thank you so much for doing it. It was great. Awesome, Jim. Thanks, man. Anytime, brother. Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com is with me now. You've actually started a new operation, a new wing, Omega Funding Solutions. Exactly what is that and how does that work? You file an amended payroll tax return with the IRS and the IRS is backed up. You know, they were hit by COVID too. They had the pandemic to deal with. So it's taking them anywhere from six months to a year to process these refunds. So we came out with a solution where we can help you get access to that cash earlier in as as little as two weeks. See if you qualify for an ERC tax refund from the IRS, Omega Tax credits.com and i talked about the texans having that first pick i mean we all assumed for weeks and weeks and weeks that it was a foregone conclusion they had the first pick statistically going into the weekend chicago did not have a very good chance at all in fact most assumed it but they did what they had to do they went into the tank lovey i mean i don't know his mindset i'm sure lovey and the texans players would say to you it's a game. We have a job to do. We have things that we're trying to put on film. Of course, we're going to always put forth our best effort. Really? Because you've been garbage all season long and prior to that. Except for the last three weeks where all of a sudden they got right and played their way right out of the top pick overall. And unlike Chicago, you know, I don't want to say Chicago doesn't need the top pick, but you know what Chicago doesn't need? They don't need a quarterback. The Texans do need a quarterback. There is a franchise quarterback at the very top of that draft. So to me, Lovey Smith, I don't know if he's what he's thinking. If he's thinking, they're going to whack me anyway, I got a little something for them on the way out the door, then that's the best thing ever. Incredible. If your argument is, yeah, but if he had a little something much earlier, he wouldn't be on the way out the door. Yeah, and? But he was out the door. One foot out the door. I mean, are you going to try and argue that had he, quote, done his job and lost that game, that he'd still have that job? Doubt it. I think it's amazing. I think it really is hilarious. Which brings us to the Colts and Jim Ursay. And remember Ursay hiring Jeff Tuesday. Saturday as a head coach, lost the right to be called Saturday. Again, great guy, great player, great teammate. Great at flipping pancakes and hot takes 
on morning TV. Horrible coach. Horrible coach. And yet, there was Ursay when he hired him, lecturing all of us. I mean, remember when Saturday promised us at that intro presser, hey, listen, if this doesn't work out, quote, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. You know, if I'm terrible at this, I'm not coming around. My man, after eight games, not only are you terrible at this, you're way worse than terrible at this. In fact, I'm not sure that could have been any more disastrous than it was. Seriously, if not for Pervin Liar and Nate Can't Hack It, I might be calling you the worst NFL coach ever. And after all the crap that has gone on the past two months in Indy, yesterday, honestly, was the crowning achievement. What an amazing walk-off that is. And I'm just sorry that it's going to be a walk-off. I don't want this to ever end. Because why? I am the coach of team content. My favorite team. Think about that. After that hire, for them to do what they did yesterday and come from ahead and choke in the end, that was the crowning achievement in taking probably the biggest dump that anybody has ever dumped into any pair of pants. You have a big dump in your pants. No, not a big dump in your pants. The biggest dump in any pair of pants ever. Somehow the Colts lost to a Texans team just trying to lock down that number one overall pick. Despite the fact that Indy had a seven-point lead in the final minute and had Houston backed into a fourth and 20 Fourth and 20, and then somehow, and remember, how long ago? Five minutes? It was not that long ago that the Colts' defense was pretty damn good. Fourth and 20, and this happened. Here's the game. It's fourth and 20 for the Texans at the Colts' 28-yard line. Flushed out of the pocket right side. Now being forced back in. Throws it downfield in the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown. And that is Jordan Aikens, and the Colts had a clear interception at the goal line. It was Rodney Thomas who mistimed his jump, and the ball went right through his hands into Aikens' possession into the end zone for a score. Oh, my God. If that isn't the Colts' season in one play. I honestly do not believe what I just witnessed. Oh, no. That's like the worst, best thing ever. That was incredible. Colts radio. I'm not sure who the analyst was. I probably should know. Oh what a great call. God, like, he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If that- and I think he said it more than once and said, if that's not the Colts' entire season in one play, that's what makes it so incredible. Now, you know what makes it even more incredible? It wasn't even the first fourth and double digits conversion of that same drive. That's incredible. I would ask how that's even possible. Except if I've learned anything at all in the past two months, it's that anything awful is possible for Jeff Saturday's Colts. You see, it it goes to show it doesn't matter how good of a dude you are because he's a great dude. What a horrible decision and horrible coach And Ursay, my man, don't try to fix what certainly ain't broke. This is fun, yo. Don't you go admitting a mistake, which I know he won't. 
But if you don't bring this guy back, you're admitting the mistake. Man, don't you dare do that. So, of course, after they allow a fourth and 20, and they allow more than one fourth and double-digit conversions on that drive, it should come as no surprise to anybody at all what happened next. And what happened next was Houston, of course, because lovey, man, my dude was thinking Super Bowl. Like, they were going to set up a stage, bring the Lombardi out, the confetti was going to fall, and there was going to be bottles popping and interviews conducted. My man's like, hell yeah, we're going for two. You know we're going for two, and I'm going to walk this thing off like the boss that I am. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. An amazing moment. So, congrats, Chicago. You get the number one pick. Chicago has not had a number one pick in 70-plus years. And, lovey, what a miraculous win. I mean, sure, he got fired. But I'm going to suggest that that's not what got him fired, that he knew he was going to get fired and said, yeah, really? Watch this. That, that, that's a, proudful, a prideful dude right there. That's a proud guy right there. Oh, really? You're going to break me off after one year, and I'm supposed to just sit back and take that. The hell I am. Watch this. What a beautiful bleep show. To coin another phrase, you love to see it. Love to see it. You love, love to, to see, see it. it. I mean, Jim, who are you crapping now? Seriously. Who are you crapping now? You just had to go spouting off and lecturing everyone about that unbelievably bizarre hire. Unbelievable. Where you were the only one who knew. None of us knew. And then it turned out to be the biggest disaster since... I don't know. Pervin Liar. At least the Jaguars, who completely came off the rails, at least they never went as far as to be talking about the CIA and Mars and making sausages and rocket ships and comparing the pancake flipper to Don Shula and burning heaters while lecturing the media and all the fans. There was none of that. Chad Khan just cut his losses short and admitted it was a big mistake. I made a big mistake. He admitted it. He owned it after only 13 weeks. Meanwhile, last check, Ursay was still acting like Coach Tuesday actually did deserve con- consideration for the permanent gig. When he barely deserved to be allowed back in the locker room after that game yesterday. I mean, Ursay, can you imagine this guy? He actually dared us to bet against Coach Wednesday. I got a question for you. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky like the best thing ever? Well, there is something to be said for a family business, which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper, where you can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender, never tough, because they only use the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke, Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite and... Old Trapper Jerky comes in four mouth-watering flavors. Old Fashioned, which is classic beef jerky flavor. Tender, smoky, and delicious. You've got Teriyaki with the yellow label, where Old Trapper turned the flavor down to 11. Hot and spicy, with a spice so nice you'll want to snack twice. Peppered, 
tender seasoned beef covered in cracked pepper. And you can grab and go with a four-ounce bag or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way you've got enough for the entire team or fam or both. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Let's go to Raider Mike. Mike, Happy New Year, brother. What's up? Hey, thanks, man. It's Mac. And uh, again, thanks for taking the phone call. Appreciate you putting me up. Uh, you know, Jim, here we, here we go again. Uh, another playoff season starting, and uh, Raider Nation is doing its uh, grubby-faced kid routine uh, up against the candy store window, watching the other mutt teams in the playoffs. And right now it's obvious, uh, two, uh, 2021, and uh, all those close wins that we had uh, were a fluke. Uh, this team was never one player away. Uh, again, we've talked about this. In the last seven drafts, Van Smack, the Raiders have had nine number one picks and five number two picks. And of those 14 players, four are still on the roster and only two are key players, Colton Miller and uh, Josh Jacobs. This team is a mess. But uh, calling for Josh McDaniel's job, man, that's like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic while the orchestra plays. I mean, they've got to draft better. But, but here's what you should know about Josh McDaniels. I'll tell you this. Final score aside Saturday, the Raider offense, they moved the ball up and down the field against the Chiefs. They shot themselves in the foot. But they controlled that ball for 34 minutes, and they converted, they converted eight of 16 third downs. You know, this was after it put up 500 yards against Frisco the, the week before, the number one freaking defense in the league. And, and James Jones, Vance Beck, he was on the postgame show, and he said that if the offense had showed that kind of life for the entire season, the Raiders would be in the playoffs right now, defense or not. And, and you know, this kid stood him, man. He came out of nowhere. But he stood in the pocket. He showed a lot of the things that we've been begging from Derek Carr for nine seasons. And, and, and he might, be, might not be the guy, Jim, but Josh McDaniels is. You know, you, you can't keep running coaches. That is ruinous for a football team. And, but, but better yet, we're in the AFC West with Mahomes and Herbert and, and probably Sean Payton now. You can have the 85 Bears on defense, but you've got to be able to score points. You know, our coach, he took a lot of heat for that five-game slide. You know, the second half leads, the double-digit leads blown. But the Raider offense under Derek Carr in the second half of those games was pathetic. Ten punts, 11-3 and outs, seven turnovers to include two pick-sixes back to the house, three field goals, and they scored two TDs. Only an idiot or a D.C. fanboy would sit there and blame the, cult, the play calling for that. Even Lombardi couldn't have won. You know, you, you better believe it, Vance Mack. I'm not here to praise Derek Carr's nine-year Raider career. I'm here to bury it. Now, I'm, I'll be in SoCal next week, and I'm coming home Vance back to see the pops. Got to hook up with Silk Broad, do the kids' sesh, maybe catch a playoff game, maybe hook up with the CEO. But uh, I'll see you next year. Until then, uh, Raider Nation, babe. Next year? Dude, are you checking out already for the rest of this year? Or are you going to see me next week? Gino, what's going on, dude? Happy New Year. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Jay in Denver. Sucks to be you, bro. Uh, but listen, I'm not here to rack on anybody. I'm here to own it. Whenever the Cowboys, the Spurs, the Longhorns are on top of the world, I'm in here honking as loud as anybody. And I believe in accountability, so I'm here to own it. The Cowboys are horrible. I don't care what their record is. I don't care that they might have been able to win the division if things had broken differently. They are horrible. But this is actually good news for me and for real Cowboys fans. Because if you really love the Cowboys, then nothing short of a total humiliating collapse 
that inexorably leads to the firing of the Pillsbury Dough Coach is the result that you want. You Cowboys going into the playoffs and winning, worst case scenario. That means this organization is going to stand pat, but an absolute incompetent failure. That one that is so horrible that even Jared can't spin it. That's what we need. My Cowboys are a joke. The Longhorns are a conundrum at best, more resources than most NFL teams and can't look better than embarrassing in almost every sport. And the Spurs and Coach Pop, yes, Greg, respect the game. Popovich is officially tanking for Wobinyama, and I'm down for it. Every loss feels like a win at this point. So I got no room to stand on, and I'm owning it. Zero platform for me to stand on. But Romy, while I appreciate the Hamlin story, and I truly do, this has nothing to do with that, Possibly the Mount Rushmore of great stories is where that belongs. Not the best sports-related story ever. No, best story ever. That's where the Hamlin story is. But let's not get carried away. Earlier in the show, you said, uh, or really, you kind of asked, have you ever been to Buffalo? Well, Romeo, I have been to Buffalo. And you know what I did when I got there? I locked the doors, and I followed the snow plows out of town and then washed the fresh coating of road salt off my truck when I got to Canada. Buffalo, your city sucks. I'm sorry, man. It's true. Wake up. I'm happy for you, but settle down. You're basically a poor man's Detroit without the music and automotive history. Later, Romy. I was going to say, Gino, the only reason you're, you're talking like that, dude, is because of Detroit. Because of what Detroit did last night, you know you can't say Jack. You know you can't pile on Detroit. So what? What? You turn on Buffalo? Come on, man. Gino, you're better than that. Will Brinson. Will, good to have you back. How you doing, Will? Uh, better than Cliff Kingsbury, Jim, who um, was supposed to speak to the media at 2 p.m. today and got fired before then. So, tough, tough scene for Cliff. Probably no surprise there. Steve Kime also is stepping down. It is Black Monday, Will, so we can get into that in a minute. But let me ask you something first. The Texans did not wait till Monday to break off their coach, Lovey Smith. Will, I want to start right there. How awesome was it to see Lovey jam them by winning two of his last three to cost them the top pick overall, only to walk off with that win? I find that hilarious. What about you? The the, the only downside, the, the only thing that we we missed from that is Lovey doing like the triple the triple H celebration, like the 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 X across his his, his pants uh, as he walked off after getting the two point conversion in. I mean, look, the, the Texans the Texans need a reality check here. Uh, one, I, I'm sure you've seen it, but the like I was just texting my buddy Adam Gold about this, who does radio in, in Raleigh. The Cal McNair, Cal McNair. There's a story that Sage Rosenfels told about like with, with David Carr, where he walked into his office and Cal McNair's office at the time when his father was still alive was just a desk and like no chairs and like a couple of bean bags and an Xbox and a big TV on the wall. And he's just in there playing video games. He's like, what's up guys? How you doing? <laughs> and like, like, they've had four coaches since the beginning of 2020. If you count Romeo Cornell as the interim coach when they fired Bill O'Brien, they, they have fired, David Culley, after one year, they tried to hire Josh McCown. The pushback was so extreme that they 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 balked and were like, oh, oh, no, uh, we can't hire Josh McCown. He has no coaching experience. Let's hire Lovey Smith. They hired Lovey Smith for one year with this roster. They expect like what, what do they expect to happen? I, I don't I don't think Lovey Smith is a great head coach um, when, when he when he got fired from Illinois. Um, he, he, he basically pointed out, he's like, well, it's, it's tough to coach in college because I can't run my base defense because everyone's doing spread. 
Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's 2022, man. Um, <laughs> Rex Grossman didn't even play anybody. And, but, but like the Texans, like what, they have, they have no one on this roster. This roster is bereft of talent. There's no reason to expect this team to be any good. And then I, I love this. We see this graphic right now. Can teams stop saying, thank you, coach, when they fire somebody after one year? Can we stop those <laughs> tweets, please? I mean, but yeah, like, why are we surprised? I, I don't know. The Texans are a mess. They're going to be a mess. And anyone who thinks they're going to fix this overnight with uh, this, this uh, man child at Cal McNair running the team is crazy. Now, first of all, Will, I'm not sure that anybody has ever referenced a graphic in the middle of an interview. Extremely well done by you, bro. Very, very well done. I wonder if Cal is going to sit down his next group of candidates on the beanbag and interview them that way. And by the way, who beanbags suck. Is there anything less comfortable than a beanbag? Like, who settles into a beanbag like, oh, yeah, this is good, man. I think I'm just going to stay here forever. Beanbags, anyway, the fact that the owner's son. Jimmy's. Go ahead. He's a billionaire. Why would you have a Why would you have a beanbag? You should have like a, like the nicest video game chair on the planet, or at least you're, a futon. You're the CEO of an NFL. Incredible. Yeah, like or an Elk an Elsa. Will Brinson joining us. All right. Well, so what about you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury? So now what? Wait. Talk about a franchise. It's got some issues. If you're Arizona, obviously they'll take a step back. But if you're looking for a head coach and you have that situation and you've got that personnel, what kind of a fit would you see? Who should they be looking at? Where do they go from here? I mean, I'd love to look. They, their, their GM stepped away for health reasons. And he had just gotten an extension a couple of months ago. They just fired their head coach who just got an extension several months ago. They just also gave an extension to their quarterback. It included the, 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 the homework clause, the call of duty clause in it. And he tore his ACL. And they said, like, like I think Cliff said at his interseason press conference that he doesn't expect Kyler to be ready for the start of 2023. Who is taking this job? Right. There's no GM. There's no head coach. I mean, now, I think that they're probably too frugal to make Sean Payton work here, but it would be interesting if Sean Payton thought that Kyler Murray could be a great quarterback in his system and that he, if he, if he believed that he could have enough time to make it work in Arizona, remember, he wants to live out West, I think, right now. That's sort of the rumor. That's why he's sort of eyeing the Chargers, maybe the Rams, who knows what's going to happen with McVay. Um, if, he, if he thought that that could work and if he – thought that the Bidwells would cough up the money. The problem is they're paying, they're paying Kime, they're paying Cliff, and they're paying Kyler. Like, how are they going to afford a reasonable coach to come in here and, and make this work? It, it's a really tough spot. I I don't I, look, I don't, I don't think that in a vacuum it was it was crazy to to move on from the current regime at all. I mean, it, it wasn't working, but you just paid them. And so <laughs> your process is all kind of screwed up if you just paid all these guys and now are getting rid of them six months later or nine months later, whatever it is. It, Sean Payton would be really interesting. I don't think they have the money for it. I don't think that they, you know, I mean, I, I don't think he would want to dive into that situation unless he was under the impression he could get $20 million a year and full control and that Kyler would be healthy enough. So they, they have once again, very much like the Texans, found themselves in a very bad spot because of their process and because the results didn't, you know, the results equ- equated with the process, basically. Right. 
Will Brenson joining us. You know, Will, to that point about Sean Payton, he, like, he's going to have his choice of jobs, right? So if he has his choice of jobs, why would he choose that one? I don't see that happening either. You know, the one that's interesting is, and I'm a big Brandon Staley guy. I'm not really sure what he was doing in playing starters yesterday. I know that he has his process. I heard his explanation. Hard for me to make an argument that a guy would be in danger of losing his job when the team is in the playoffs, but do you think his seat is hot at all? Because if you look at all these jobs, there's a reason why Sean McVay is leaving. Now, I, I don't really know. As I mentioned, Will, I don't know what's in his head. I don't know what's in his heart. Maybe he had a really, really tough year. Maybe he went through a lot of things. Maybe the losing has taken its toll. Maybe he just needs a break. Or maybe he doesn't want to be a part of that rebuild. And if that's the case, I bet Sean Payton may not want to either. But what about that Chargers gig? Is there any way that gig would open up? Yeah, so, I mean, it's crazy to think that Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley could lose his job because he made the playoffs. But remember, Jim, we've seen this before. Uh, Mike Malarkey in the Titans, uh, that's how Mike Vrabel got his job, right? He, Mike Malarkey made the playoffs, and they lost to the Chiefs. Uh, it, was that, it was that game. Remember that game where uh, uh, Marcus Mariota caught his own pass oh, and yes. scored a touchdown? Oh, yes. It was a crazy wildcard game, and they still, they still lost. And, and, and then uh, I believe Amy Adams struck, fired Malarkey after that. So it's not unprecedented for a coach to lose his job even if he made the playoffs, particularly if you have a really ugly, you know, first round loss. And if that first round loss, look, I like Brandon Steely too. I think he's, I think I love the fact that he's sort of disrupting, you know, the, the norm from coaching, but, but like, dude, what are you doing playing your players yesterday? He doesn't play them at all in the preseason. And then there's this, 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 this week 18 game where, you know, Factually, nothing can change about your playoff situation by playing your like win or lose, nothing changes. And he has Justin Herbert in there to the, the third quarter. Mike Williams gets hurt. Joey Bosa limps off. It's I, I, I his explanation wasn't even good. He's like, well, you can only play forty eight players. It's like, well, you know, Brian Dable had forty eight players too, bro. Like there, there, there's a, there's a way to not put out your franchise quarterback who, by the way, is eligible for an extension this offseason, to not put out your oft-injured wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, to not put out your always-injured pass rusher, elite pass rusher, Joey Bosa, to not, like, it just don't play your guys in situations where if they get hurt, you could, you, your team will be less impactful in the playoffs. So, yes, I, I think it's possible that if they get c completely embarrassed by the Jaguars in Jacksonville um, in, in, on, on Super Wild Card Weekend, Terrible name. Hey, listen, there. Um, that if that happened, <laughs> terrible name. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, I, listen, it is. Jacksonville. Just... Yeah, it is. I want to be very clear about. You're right. Super wild card weekend, and Jacksonville is dangerous, man. They're dangerous. So not only can they win that game, they could win that game big. I'm not saying they will, but they are dangerous. So I think there is something to that. And they dodged a bullet apparently when Mike Williams had back spasms. But man, him leaving on a cart did not look good. Him walking off the way he did did not look good. Will Brinson joining us. But what about the Bills in Miami? I had Andre Reed on and we talked a great length about what a miraculous and just so absolutely emotional week it was. If we talked about the matchup for a minute, Miami somehow, some way is in. They're the last ones in in the AFC. No word yet on Tua. I mean, listen, if he is not clear to the protocol, is there any way in hell they have any chance to win that game? And then what are the chances that he's clear to the protocol? Well, one, shout out to uh, Garter, North Carolina's own Naheem Hines for that that kickoff return, uh, that emotional, crazy kickoff return. NC State legend, Naheem Hines. You, the dude ran track in, uh, in high school at Garner, and you could see it, Jim, when, it, when, he, was, when he was blitzkrieging oh, down the sideline past yep. those dudes who were trying to catch him. 
I mean, gone. And um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's a great chance that they win the game. And, and honestly, I don't think that like from a moral and ethical standpoint that Tua should play uh, until 2023. It's just like he, you can't go into concussion protocol that many times and, and play in a playoff game. It, it's just, it's not, it's not, it, it just shouldn't happen. If he does play, of course, he gives them a better chance to win. Do I won't feel comfortable about it, particularly against the Bills after we had this Hamlin health scare, you know, over the last six or seven days. So, I think it needs to be either Teddy Bridgewater, if his if his finger if his finger will broken finger will cooperate. I don't know how that's going to function, or Skylar Thompson, or my guy Mike Glennon. Um, and, and that doesn't really give him a great chance to win. All due respect to those guys, I, I would expect Buffalo as sort of sloppy as they've been in the red zone the last I don't know month or so I, I think Buffalo probably rolls in this one line open at nine already moved to the 10 um you know it's look Mike McDaniel I don't know who I don't know why it's, somebody tried to put him on the hot seat uh, Did you see that I was gonna ask you about that can, can I really I'm starting to well, one you? I want to ask you about yeah. that. that that is absurd yeah. that that was actually a thing absurd a thing what was your reaction to that story um that who that that Stephen Ross doesn't know what he's doing unless and let I mean look I mean if you've got a, if you got some combination if you got if you got Tom Brady and Sean Payton locked down that's one thing you can fire whoever you didn't want. he try like, that I'm, already you know, sort of like when um, right and got and he got suspended for six months for <laughs> right. it and they lost and they don't have a first round draft pick right like, he tried that maybe, already maybe well, just, it didn't work. Maybe just, Right. Maybe, maybe just go with the coach who keeps getting you close to the playoffs or in the playoffs, Brian Flores or Mike McDaniel. It's not that hard, Stephen. Um, you don't need Jim Harbaugh just because you're from Michigan. You don't need Tom Brady just because you went to Michigan, pal. Um, and, and so, yeah, like I think th- th- that rumor was absurd to me. Mike McDaniel has done an incredible job. I, aside The two of stuff aside, and that's been mismanaged, like he has been a phenomenal head coach for this team. They've got the most, they, they add Tyreek Hill, you get the most out of Jalen Waddle. This offense turns into one of the most explosive in the NFL. And this team is rolling along until a couple of tough losses against good teams in, in the later part of the season. And they still made the playoffs and they still fought hard. They still made the playoffs with Skylar freaking Thompson. This guy, if you're firing this guy, he, he's, he's the first guy hired by the, by whatever team is looking for another coach. If you fire him after one year, you deserve to sell that team immediately. I love the guy. I love McDaniel so much. I, I cannot get enough of him. I think the guy's done an amazing job. That was one of the most absurd bits of speculation. I'm not saying it's an absurd story because the story I think is true, but I can't even imagine anything other than Ross doing Ross things, how that is a thing, because this guy is a great, great coach. To your point, Will Brinson joins me for another moment or so. Well, what about Sean McVay? Did he look to you and sound to you like a guy who had just coached his last game with the Rams after that game? Oh, man, Jim. I, I, was, I think the report from Mike Florio of uh, PFT was that it was like he didn't want to deal with the rebuild, which is that's not a great look, right? No, I mean, it's, it's not like, at all. Like, I'm, at all. I'm, and McVay, like McVay's is a stud, man. Like you know, this is a this is a guy that this is his first losing season. And if you read Seth Wickersham's, go back and read. I'm, I'm sure everybody's read it. Go back and read Seth Wickersham's, um, you know, profile of him from this off season. Seth is sitting there with his parents and and Sean, and he's like, you know, what happens if you know you go four and four and thirteen? And and his mom, I think Cindy's his mom, is like, well, that's when broadcasting sounds pretty good. And and you, you read it now, and you're like, ah, interesting. I, I mean, look, they traded away all their first-round picks. They won the Super Bowl. 
I think he, he might be he might be 25 at this point. <laughs> I think he, I think he's like I mean he's he's younger than me. I know that. Um, he, he can go he can go broadcast for like five years, come back and coach for another 10 or 15. That's how young he is. Um, but to if you walk away from a rebuild, I don't know. It's it's sort of a red flag. I don't want to dog the guy, but you know it's it, you're going to lose. You're in the NFL. You're not always going to win. His you know his first job was with John Gruden. So there is sort of a path here where he could follow what Gruden did, hopefully, you know, come back and under better circumstances the second time. Um, if the Rams are, if the if Matthew Stafford's leaving, if Aaron Donald's leaving, if, if they're all, you know, if, if there are no first round picks and I don't know, it's not crazy to suggest he would walk away, do some broadcasting, come back. Remember Tom Brady, we expect to play next year. So that Fox seat is sort of open if he wanted to go do that. I, I don't think it's crazy to do it. I mean, I, I don't think it's the most, I don't, I don't think it's the most noble thing in the world if he's walking away because he doesn't want to deal with losing. I mean, that's because you're going to lose in the NFL. So I, 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 McVay's a great coach. He'll have his first choice of jobs whenever he wants to come back. We've seen Sean Payton do it. We're doing it right now, I guess. And so I guess it wouldn't be shocking if McVay did it, but not, not, the, not the most ideal of circumstances. No, the optics certainly are not great. So one last thought, Will, before you go. I know you're locked in on the NFL, but I also know that you watch these things. You got the natty tonight. There is that. It's almost. An, I don't want to say it's an afterthought, but yeah. the national championship, we have not talked a lot about. TCU at last check, maybe you've seen it more recently than I have, but they were 13-point dogs. A lot of value for a pretty damn good team. Granted, there's a reason why they're a 13-point dog, but looking at that matchup, are you playing that game, and how are you playing that game? Well, we won, Jim. It's the national championship game. So, yes, I will be I will be playing it. Two, I got to give a shout-out to my boy, Mark Chesson, who is a TCU grad and is out in L.A. at this championship game. I can't imagine what where his head's at, where his heart's at. Like, it, it, like t- I mean, TCU, Sonny Dyke's first year, and he takes the freaking Horned Frogs to the national championship game against uh, against the, the uh, against Georgia. Um, Chesson, good luck tonight. Uh, but I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you got. I don't think you got a lot of hope here, man. You, you know, Kirby Smart is is like forty. It's like forty-seven. Maybe 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 like maybe thirty-seven. He Kirby Smart's going to win ten national titles. This guy is going to be be beat out Nick Saban for the best coach of all time when it's all said and done. He's young. He's, his team is dominant. The the, the the like his Stetson. He might be younger than Stetson Bennett, honestly. I, I think TCU covers because their defense is a lot better than people think. Max Duggan is a, like, I don't know if he's a dog, but he's a frog for sure. Um, it, it, he just, it just has like a lot of heart in him. And that offense is explosive enough to keep up with Georgia. I'm not betting against Kirby smart. I'm not betting against Georgia. But 13 points is a little too much for me, Jim. No, I, I agree. And most of the money is on that very thing. I would tend to lean that way. In fact, I've already hit it myself. And, and not to be on the fence, Will, but we know how this is going to go, right? Either they're going to get blown the hell out or they're going to cover and it's going to be close yep. and it's going to be interesting. I don't know that it'll be the shootout that we expect, but covering a lot of ground. He is a senior NFL writer for CBS Sports, host of the Pick 6 podcast. He is Will Brinson. Love having him in on, on a Monday after the NFL weekend. Will, appreciate that so much, man. Have a great night. Hey, anytime, Jeff. Thanks, man. Good night now!